Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. It's a fine Saturday matinee to you, everybody. Uh, welcome back to uh, welcome to August, and the next reel and Saturday matinee and trailer rewind are all back. And so, we three, Steve Sarmento, Andy Nelson, and Pete Wright, have awakened from our long July slumber, and we return to you for a fine, fine 
morning matinee. Okay, you guys may have. Hello, boys. You guys may have slept. Trailer Rewind kept going. You went slumbering. Oh, Trailer Rewind oh, kept that's going. Right. We, yeah, no. no I'm, I'm the hardest working man here. Show off. Yeah, I don't know. Show off. <laughs> we just keep going. Uh, it's uh, it's been a, a uh, it's been quite a drought in our movie talk, and uh, so I, I feel like we need to talk about the hottest of the hot news, and that is, you know, uh, just finished. Suicide Squad. I believe I'm the only one who has now finished Suicide Squad. And I just have to say, mm. no spoilers to Suicide Squad, but you have to know, I watched over the last 24 hours the smallest, most bonkers movie I've seen in forever and a day, and the biggest, most bonkers movie I've seen in forever <laughs> and a day. I'm talking about the the ultimate mind-bending acid trip combination of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad immediately prequeled by in the Earth, Ben Wheatley's, oh. or what's his name, Ben Wheatley? Yes, yeah. Ben Wheatley. Yeah. 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 Back to backers right there. That's one you want to see. Have you guys seen that movie? No. In the Earth? Oh. oh. I, I was tempted to go see it at the theaters, but it wasn't one. I was like, uh. Here's a lot of stuff. Not quite, not quite going to go to the theaters so for that one. So many strobe lights. <laughs> So many strobe lights. <laughs> there, it, it's a it's a pandemic movie, right? It, it was filmed very small crew in the mountains, and uh, it, it is a it's an able little film. It didn't stick with me like Midsommar, but I enjoyed my experience with it enough. And there is a scene where a guy gets hit in the head and has this big gash on his head, and he's standing in, in the, the woods. <laughs> And he, you see, is like big cut on his head, and he screams with a lot of passion. And by God, they got a really believable jet of blood to kind of shoot out of his head. Oh. It looks great. Yummy. I was very impressed with this low budget, <laughs> uh, awesome, very, very uh, great experience with two of these movies. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think about the squad. Well, I'm halfway through it, and uh, I won't say much uh, since I'm only halfway through it. But uh, it's it's yeah. uh, it's very gummy. What, Can I say is, that? What do you What do you mean, gunny? Gunny. I mean, very gunny. Gunny. I said gummy. But I meant gunny, right? Yeah, that's because gunny sounds. Weird. Do you know what's <laughs> weird is I think okay. that could actually apply. <laughs> it's a little, it is a sticky. little bit gummy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I well, I think we should add gunny, gunny to our shirt. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, just gummy. <laughs> oh, gunny. I get it. James Gunny. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah, that's I where get I was it. going. It took me a little that, bit. Yeah. Gunny. You're right. It's a gunny. Yeah. It's a gunny film for sure. Although you could say for for the shark, when he's old, he might gummy. be rather gummy. Gummy. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to save myself from that. Uh did you see my merch? We saw the merch. I got some next real. Ooh, do we have merch. We got pillow. We got a pillow. I got the medium sized pillow. They go bigger. And we got the new uh, original yeah. logo shirt. They are available now. And we have memberships too. If people if people want to become a member, they should become a member. Yeah. You can do that at uh, truestory.fm Wait, slash. what am I sending them to? TheNextReel.com Slash membership <laughs> Slash membership How'd, you, how'd we do, Steve? Are we doing I, I, okay? I, I, I well, don't know Because the only one that's stuck I thought my... everything was True Story <laughs> FM because Trailer Rewind's its own thing now so I yeah. don't want to tell people to go to The Next Reel I don't want them to get confused No, you don't You should Go to True you Story FM You should say This is what we guess <laughs> so You guys can send them to The Next Reel <laughs> True, it, Okay, alright, fine TrueStory.fm slash TNR membership. That's the membership link. And TrueStory.fm slash merch. Okay. That'll get you there. 
You're right. Steve is right. No, I'm he's not. a. It's just, only because he's quite I, the school I keep, school marm. No, because I'm working on my stuff for no, Trailer we, Rewind and my script, and I'm like, where? What website do I send them to? Well, let me type in this URL and see where it takes me. Yeah. So you're doing a hell of a job, oh. by the way. And and you want to talk about what you're watching right now? As long as we're in plug mode. What I'm watching right now. Oh, okay. So yeah, for, for the, the show. show, I was like, I'm not watching. I'm watching the Suicide Squad as soon as we're done. No, for Trailer Rewind, we are. <laughs> let's see when this posts. I don't. We're still in the midst of JJ's traumatic trio of <laughs> films that are emotionally wrecking him uh, because we <laughs> we had. Uh, let's see, Landline that had uh, infidelity in it, and then we had the Souvenir. Uh, just a, a horrible relationship. Yeah. Well, that one's that's right. the one that's coming yeah, the up. Souvenir's right. The coming souvenir. up, and then yeah. we just recorded uh, the Book of Penry, which is another one that is gonna really put you through some emotional paces. Uh, JJ felt it really needed a trigger warning oh. about uh, trauma to children because <laughs> wow. it, it is it is it is that was it is traumatic. Yes, it is. That's the Colin yes. Trevorrow oh, yeah. one, right? Yes. Yeah. That that got completely oh, it gets, it gets, thrashed. Yeah, the, the, well, it it's released. you look into the reviews and critics trash it, and there's there is a group of people that really yeah. really connect with this film. So, yeah, mm. and then we're we're launching from that into the the war trilogy. So we're doing a bunch of war films with uh, the Wall from 2017. Uh, what is it? Yellowbirds and Kill Team. So oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Not Pink Floyd. No, not Pink Floyd. The Wall. Although that That'd could be, be a weird that, one. That, that is a bit weird, of a war movie. But, but I should. I would take it. Should there's, also mention fans yeah. of our, you know, goodly Tommy Handsome. He does join us for our discussion on Book of Henry. So have him back on the show. Yeah. Uh, and the souvenir drops remembers this coming Wednesday. Yes. There you go. Uh, what would you like to talk about this evening? How would you like to kick off uh, our first, uh, the first show of our new season? Well, could I? There was something I was going to bring, but then I couldn't substantiate it. So I was like, it's not really news, but it's an interesting, <laughs> Lies, it's an, rumors. It's an interesting concept. And it, it just feeds into this. This ties into Marvel and the fact that fans are clamoring and banging down the walls for a Spider-Man uh, No Way Home trailer. Everybody thought it was going to show up with Black Widow. You know, it, the movie's coming in December and fans are frantically looking for any clue they can find about this trailer. And I saw something on social media and it's a quote, and I can't find any source to it. So clearly this is unsubstantiated. But Kevin Feige said there was going to be no trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home because they wanted fans going in just fresh with no, you know, no, no spoilers, no clues, anything going on. And I thought, Oh, I would love, I would love for that to happen. I was going to say, that is, that is like made for you. That that's would be your dream. dream. There's no way that's going to happen. There's no way they're going to say, oh, no, no, we're never releasing a trailer for this film. Fans just have to go in and, and see the movie. But I would love for that to happen. I, I actually would love for them to, to be ballsy enough to make a call yeah. like that and say, you know what? People know yeah. it's coming out. They don't need to see the trailer. We're just going to drop it and let them be surprised. That it's like I mean Beyonce did oh, that with that album yeah, just that came she out, snuck she just out and it released was huge. on iTunes. It blew up. Right. The yeah, I I think huge. that would be I mean the only thing I think they yeah you're right they they don't even I was just thinking they should just release like just a just a red and blue frame that says the date <laughs> and that should be like and maybe let that run for thirty seconds yes. 
character on prime time. I was going to say, if it's a frame, yeah. that's pretty yeah. quick. No, no, no. Just, just a still. It'll right. be for 30 it'll seconds. It'll be a fight club sort of thing where they just splice it into other trailers. Just one frame. <laughs> you, what you don't know is you already saw the trailer. Been... It was spread out in Loki. The whole thing just framed yeah. at a time. You have to find it. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, that's I think right. that would be brilliant. Hey, speaking of Marvel, do we need to, do, do we three white men need to uh, weigh in on this whole ScarJo versus Disney uh, thing? We A lot has happened. Happened, oh, that's uh, over true. the over yeah. the, the month, and we haven't had a chance to say anything <laughs> because our our opinions matter about this. Well, I my my only opinion, and the only reason I wanted to bring this up is because I want to say to everybody who's upset about this, settle down. It's going to be fine. Yes, it looks ridiculous because the numbers are so big. But this is what we call growing pains as the industry has to learn to adapt to a new model. And the playground on which you battle out these growing pains is called the legal system. So it's fine. It's going to be fine. Scarlett Johansson is not going to be uh, blackballed by Disney. I refuse to believe <laughs> no. that. This is not the end of her career. It's going to be fine. It's all fine well and and so much of situations like this it's not even really about scarlett johansson it's really about the the littler people mm-hmm. under yeah. oh, yeah. you know who are still right. involved in these projects who get back end points but get nothing out of it because of these deals that get cut so it takes somebody big like yeah. scarlett johansson to take a stand and, uh, you know, use the clout that they have to to basically help reshape the system so that all those other people also are getting kind of the cut that they should have. Because if I mean, if you heard, you know, Joe Schmo line producer was doing this, I mean, no. they're not going to bat an eye. They're going to say, yeah, right. Sorry, no one right. This is not the great gaffer case of 2021. <laughs> Although that's a great movie. <laughs> Although <title>. we should, <laughs> we should. <laughs> I I don't know uh, I don't know about Gerard Butler's case. Apparently, he's suing over the Has Fallen franchise. Um, oh, uh, proceeds revenue that he has not earned. Uh, I don't know about that. Similar thing. But I but I do think this is the case of of streaming media and adaptation that was forced upon us as a result of the pandemic. And I, it seems to me that Disney did a lot to try to push back and, and have theatrical only release for whatever whatever motivation they had right. inside. Uh, they they did they made an able effort, and eventually they had to just cry uncle. And they'll figure it out. They'll figure out how to do this, how to be. I I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Disney, the monolithic corporation. I really like. I I carry no water for them, but I do think that the the courts will figure it out. Well, it's it's. Am I am I unrationally optimistic? No, no, no you are because a lot <laughs> of it is just you know legal teams are just posturing and throwing their weight around on both sides, and ultimately this will all get worked out through the legal system. But I think it is an indicator of again when you have behemoth industries that are so invested in the model as it is now, because that's what's working for us. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's no motivation to start projecting forward into things to think, you know, Hey, one day physical media may go away. Maybe we should start looking at what happens when we go from a theatrical release or we go to streaming directly. No, we're, 
it's cash is flowing. Everybody's happy now. Why bother thinking about it? This was coming sooner or later. I, I actually just watched a uh, Hot Ones episode with uh, Matt Damon, and he was talking about the fact that a lot of the movies that he really enjoyed making in the 90s, those movies don't get made anymore because they counted on all that DVD revenue. They know we'd make X amount in the theaters, and it was like a second release that happened with, with DVD sales. There was all this revenue, and streaming shifted all of that. And he said these, these medium-sized movies, they just don't get made anymore because there's no guarantee on the revenue and the industry has had to shift. And to me, that's that's what happened with the forced, we have to, you know, we're going to do this, uh, this Disney Plus, you know, special access and theatrical release. Who Again, we're working in a sort of a, trying to get into a crystal ball to say, well, if we, if we hadn't released it through the Disney Plus thing, would there have been, you know, a greater box office, you know, it, tail on this we don't know that's that's the other thing it's all you know we don't have a case study to say oh well here's all these other movies that are comparable that had similar situations and enough that you know we've had what how many with this premier access we've had what three now i think that we we don't um, have enough to say i mean mulan and cruella and um, black widow black widow and now we've got jungle um, Jungle widow Jungle Ryan, Ryan, oh, and the Ryan. Last Dragon. Okay. And Ryan, the Ryan. Last Dragon. So there's five. Okay, so there are five. But I mean, I'll be interested to see, you know, we haven't seen a sim- similar, you know, discussion about Jungle Cruise, which came out, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend. You know, do those numbers, you know, have that same drop off or not? And, the, you know, I, I don't know. But the difference is, yeah. you know, uh, we've got uh, Dwayne Johnson yeah. who's in there saying, I'm I'm ready to talk about number two. Yeah. And Disney says, okay, let's get some of that sweet, sweet Dwayne Johnson that's business. True. Yeah. yeah, that's that's absolutely yeah. happening. I, You know, we are seeing uh, what's uh, Cruella is mulling over whether she needs to sue for, mm-hmm. for uh, her uh, lost wages because well, of streaming. It's fine. I mean, it, it makes me wonder, though, like, I haven't heard anything about the people who have been involved in the films, or specifically, I suppose, the animated films, but the ones that have just gone straight oh, like, to streaming, like Soul. Luca, like all the yeah. Pixar or yeah. Soul, right. yeah, like, like, you know, I'm very curious, like, are they also having these back negotiations about it, these, uh, the things that they've is it gone different through? because... No, I guess not. Because I was trying to think of well, studios. I mean, is, they were they were designed well, for theatrical. Have to do with the production was was Black Widow. But Disney owns Marvel. Because I was looking at is, is it yeah. Disney distributed, but production Disney was owns Di- Pixar different. too. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, they, yeah, they own true. them all. They do so own them I, all. you know, yeah. it's just, but it's it's some internal yeah. decision they made at I think probably early on. Partly just to spur on yeah. more yeah. subscriptions yeah. Yeah. for Disney Plus, right? Because they they wanted to make sure, and I, I think this was this was the conversation around when uh, Disney Plus came out in the fall uh, yeah. last fall about why hey you're going to be able to watch yes. Soul for free, yeah, and and things like that. And so it's I, I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting thing to to can see how these conversations go because I mean there's going to be a lot of shifts with all of this. Well, and that's forward. that's the piece of again, the negotiations of what the contracts are and with, with streaming services and contracts, because as a subscriber, I'm handing over X amount of dollars every month to, to Disney. And if I do the premier access for, for 30 bucks, that's all, you know, how does, how does Disney uh, log that income? Because is every film there that's on their service entitled to a percentage of it? Did they get, you know, revenue off of that? Because, 
are they tracking, you know, like on Spotify? Oh, you know, the artist gets, you know, one tenth of a penny for each time I play a song. Are they looking at how often films get streamed? Is there some mechanism for that to say, oh, well, we had X number of uh, access subscribers for Cruella. So that revenue, is that solely Disney or is that split now with that that film and the cast? Is that part of the deal? Because I think that's part of what they need to consider. Well, Andy knows so more much, about so contracts, this, yeah. but I do have to say my hunch well, is no, oh, of course not. It, that yeah. that for yeah. the, especially for shelf titles, right. and that that is that, like entertainment, like every industry, is an industry that avoids pain and rewriting yeah. and rejiggering language and contracts in a library of contracts yeah. that are currently existing yeah. is pain. Right. Nobody wants yeah. to do it, and right. so it's this is a necessary necessary well, part of the and process. That's, yeah, that's why we'll have you know guild. Oh, yeah. you know, big guild shutdowns and all sorts oh. of things as they go through these processes Get ready for of, the streaming of reworking strikes. all of this sort yeah. of things. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be crazy. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, I think so much of this goes back to uh, the challenge of television yeah. and everything. I mean, if if it was, if they could set something up that would just record every time a TV was on in a particular household at a particular channel, then they could say, okay, well, it was on for this, but they don't know how right. many eyes it had. And that's yeah, why right. Nielsen was around. So they could say, so they could track with the limited number of people who were in Nielsen, how many people were watching a show at that particular time and all of this. But I mean, that's just yeah. a sampling. And it's, is it yeah. is it accurate? I mean, and, and I wonder if some of these... And nowadays, it's so much more challenging. It is so much more challenging. But I wonder if, if the, the model as it is shifting, when you think of the Netflix model, just let's just throw money at... Properties that get pitched, right? Whether they're series properties, limited series properties, or films. If those are effectively Mm strike-proof, right? I I wonder if they are because the money is paid up front and they're delivered a product, right? Like that's that's just an investment. And um, so I I wonder just what the the limits of the the sort of malleability of of this new model is immediately. I mean, I guess you could have, I mean, you could have artist blacklist you know netflix and say yeah no i'm not going to because i know that's one of the things listening to the oh uh, script notes podcast years ago john august and craig mays and talking yeah. about the fact that the the residuals they get on dvd sales were like you know minimal and craig said actually when because when you know digital first came out it was rental and he said they actually negotiated a, a pretty solid deal for writers getting a good amount. He said, so if, if it comes down to it, he says, if you have an option, you know, rent the movie digitally because writers get a, a good cut of that versus, you know, buying it on DVD. I think it was something, I mean, again, it was pennies off of the, off of each copy. So what is the residual, you know, model, if any, for anything that's on a streaming service? Because they can mm-hmm. know how many times, you know, something gets watched. Exactly. And again, there's, you know, that's the lawyers having to negotiate what's appropriate for something that's a new Netflix release versus catalog and how old. And then again, Netflix, you know, in their contracts for stuff from other studios, what are the, you know, they're, they're paying to get that stuff there. So then it goes back to the studios and what are the, it's, it's a mess. It's a rat's nest of stuff, but Hopefully, yeah. at some point in the you and, know, rainbows and unicorns future, they'll everyone will get paid what they're due. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, Netflix. Sorry, 
I mean, Netflix, you know, none of these streaming services know the reason that I watched a particular movie no. 10 times. I didn't actually watch it 10 times. It's because I fell asleep 10 times and I went back <laughs> and, and rewatched. At this over, point, over, honestly, over. Andy, I think That's they right. do know. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. Why is he starting this Probably. movie again? It's 3 a.m. Yeah. He's starting it again. That's right. <laughs> I just really love that. Do you, do you need to, Andy, do you need to get something off your chest about South Park? I just, you know, I just, sometimes I'm surprised by the way things <laughs> work in the world. And, you know, South Park, I enjoyed it in, there was a period in the nineties. I enjoyed it, but it's, I saw that, oh, it was just renewed for, uh, through its 30th mm-hmm. season. That's three more seasons like, wow. than it is on now. That's, yeah, that's a lot like, more episodes. They, they they're really um, happy with where it's going. On top of that, they also said, hey, we're also going to pay you for 14 movies. 14! <laughs> I think that's a better deal than James Cameron got with his Avatar movies. Yes. 14 South Park movies. <laughs> I, don't. I, don't, I don't even know what to do with that. What they're doing, they're paying over, uh, it's a deal that was valued at $900 million over a six-year period of time. They're going to be paying uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone $150 million a year <laughs> to cover all their fees for doing all of this work over the next six years. Uh, so, 14 movies. Was there a, like a comma or a decimal error uh, in this contract in some place? Because that's, do they even know how much $150 million is? Yeah. I, <laughs> it's so much. I don't know. Yeah, they said it puts it, it the deal puts a 1 billion plus valuation on Park County, which is their company which also includes Book of Mormon. But I mean that's let's say a huge chunk and it speaks to how hungry people are for for IP yeah. that that are still drawing people in. And I guess that's, you know, the thing with South Park, same thing with The Simpsons, they kind of skewer society and are very current with how right. they skewer society. And so I, I guess that's why it has the longevity that it does. But I, I it still shocks me to see 14 movies on top of all of that. Now, I I, I don't know if they're only going to be playing on um, Paramount, who's that? Paramount, Paramount, Plus. Paramount Plus. So um, or if they're going to be doing some of them theatrically, I don't know. But there you go. We're going to be having a how- lot. How many South, South Park, Park movies have there the been? There's just years. been the one, right? Right, and been that, one, yeah, and that was just been one. <laughs> it's been like shelved it's, as kind of a cult it's comedy. 1999, um, 22 years yeah. ago, they did a movie, yeah. and now, oh, over the next six years, you're going to do 14 more of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know who we can blame for this? We can blame Canada. Here's my problem: <laughs> is that I saw basketball and I. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you I were the one. that movie. Oh, look at you. Uh, of course you did. All right. <laughs> Let's do trailers. Uh, our All trailers, right. we have a bonus trailer. It's an unprecedented, uh, slightly precedented, modestly precedented fourth trailer. And I think we should just introduce with that. It is A24, so it automatically gets the bump. Uh, and I, I think, Andy, we should introduce it, especially in light of, of our current season. That's right. Yeah. Um, the the trailer is Val. This is the new documentary that uh, Val Kilmer has uh, kind of put together with uh, his team, really kind of chronicling his life. He apparently, over the course of all of his career, has, you know, had like video cameras and has been filming himself, filming, you know, him on set, filming like his childhood, everything. 
And this was an opportunity to kind of put something together that really kind of chronicled his life, especially now that, you know, things have really kind of turned a corner, a painful corner for him as he's been dealing with throat cancer, uh, can barely speak. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very difficult time for him. I had, um, Right toward the when that was first revealed, I had actually had some tickets to go see him. It was like Val Kilmer live. It was like kind of post his uh, Twain stuff that he was doing, and it was just kind of a tour that he was going to do, and it got canceled. And it was because he had just found out that he had throat cancer and couldn't perform anymore. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, really interesting trailer to watch, though, that kind of gives you a sense of who he is and that the spirit that he has still to this day. Um, so it's 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 heartbreaking, but it's also, um, I don't know, I found it to be inspiring. Hi, my name's Val. I don't do this with every interview I go on. Take you inside my home. I don't. But I'm going to. My name is Val Kilmer. I'm an actor. I've lived a magical life, and I've captured quite a bit of it. Yeah, push the button! I was the first guy I knew to own a video camera. Here we are, filming ourselves. Uh, is that a it's video rolling, camera? yeah. Oh, that's really cool, Val. I have thousands of hours of videotapes and film reels that I've shot throughout my life and career. Shut the video camera off. I will keep it on until we're rehearsing. Oh, bam! I was recently diagnosed with throat cancer. I'm still recovering, and it is difficult to talk and to be understood. But I want to tell my story more than ever. Oh, it, uh, I, it, it was a, I didn't know about the, the whole throat cancer and, and just, you know, the short clips, you know, we, segments we have there with, yeah, it's just tragic to see this trajectory of his, his life, but it is interesting to see him reflecting back on it. So this is... Uh, not the type of film I would have expected from, you know, a, a Val Kilmer perhaps 10 years ago, because I think sometimes he sort of come across as, you know, he's he's this ego kind of actor. And I think there's stories, you know, you know about working with him on set. But this really seems to have, sh he's shifted into a different focus in his life of really reflecting on uh, where he started from. And I'm really drawn into this type of uh, documentary where it's somebody really examining their life and reflecting on who they've become and who they were at those times. So this one, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, he's he's yeah. mercurial, right? Yeah. He's like he was Christian Bale before Christian Bale took it on. Yeah. <laughs> and <Yes. laughs> and uh I I I don't know. You know, Kid 90 came out the Soleil Moon Fry yeah. thing where she did a very similar thing, right, with the, all the footage for Hulu. And I was I mean I, that's an enjoyable experience because, you know, I like reminiscing about some of those people because I was but I was just kind of not quite in that same like group right. yeah. for, of entertainment, right? It's, I sort of attached to it. And Val Kilmer, I very much was. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, I'll watch The Saint multiple times to this day. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. And I didn't, I had not seen or heard anything of this when you gave us the trailer right before we started the show tonight. I was, I mean, it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking to yeah. see how far uh, he's come. I, I yeah. Makes me makes yeah. me regret only some of the jokes. 
Uh, <laughs> love, love Val. Love Val. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Well, it, it's, uh, it is actually out on Amazon Prime. Um, as, as we speak, it will have already been released, so uh, people can check it out there. Um, and, you know, I, considering our season, we're going to be talking about Real Genius here um, very shortly. And so, it, you know, we figured this was a good bonus trailer to throw in here um, since we'll be looking at a film that is so early in his career. So that leaves it to me with, uh, which I know technically it's a teaser trailer, but it is such a unique project that I wanted to talk about it. And the more I dug into it, because the teaser doesn't tell you a whole lot about this film, but there isn't really a whole lot of story to this film. And, and what I'm talking about is a film that has been like 30 years in the making. This is Phil Tippett's mad god it is an experimental stop-motion film sit set in a milton-esque world of monsters mad scientists and war pigs uh it is conceived and directed by <laughs> phil tippett and all sets creatures environments are handcrafted and this is you know stop-motion animation and as i dug into this a little bit to try to figure out okay what is the story it, let me see if I can get a little bit more about this. Uh, he says, no, um, he's shown it to friends and they have liked it a great deal, he said, but every single one of them has felt the need to tell him, this film isn't for everybody. Uh, and he said he does not <laughs> adhere to the normal structures of narrative. It's driven much more by his unconscious unconscious than it is by any conventional filmmaking that has a three X structure to it. So I am all on board for this stuff <laughs> because I don't know what this is. Uh, he's been shooting it uh, on and off. Uh, he started it in the 80s. He got a Kickstarter going several years ago to, to finish segments of this and what I see here as my wife watched that she said <laughs> there should be some Pink Floyd music playing behind this because this is just yeah. bonkers I think actually on the opening title card it says Mad God for Steve <laughs> <laughs> when that when that stop yeah. motion piece of like earwax guy yeah. stands up with this giant penis uh, I thought that's that's a Steve this Steve is going to need this this movie so it's this and then Teeny yeah. yeah I love right. it yeah. <laughs> Speaking of mercurial, Steve is the Val Kilmer of the podcast. Uh, I I'm <laughs> I'm curious about this movie. Uh, I'm it it's coming out at a perfect time when the Delta variant is coming back around and everybody's now in question again. And I'm not going to theaters anytime soon, so I might as well hang out and watch trippy Phil Tippett uh, <laughs> stop motion junk uh, dust bunny animation uh, for a couple hours. I'm, I, you know, I'm in, I know nothing else about it, but what I saw was, yeah, it's a real in the earth kind of thing for me. So I guess that's where I am right now. I loved the trailer. I have a, uh, a buddy from college who did stop motion animation, who still does stop motion animation. And uh, as soon as I saw this, I was like, uh, I, I sent it to him and I'm like, this totally reminds me of the sort of stuff you do because he also has this like strange mind as far as what you can do with stop motion animation and it's really intriguing and i was i i was completely drawn in by this trailer i kind of started chuckling uh to myself when we get a quote from kathleen kennedy that says phil brings humanity and empathy to every character he creates and then the very next thing we see is like some i don't know some screaming creature with it looks like human yes. teeth 
but it's like some creepy puppet head. And I was like, there you go. That says everything I needed to know about this. Count me in. Yeah, I, I wondered about that. Uh, those quotes, those pull quotes, I think were just, tell us what you think about Phil and had nothing to do with having watched this film at all uh, when it comes to Kathleen Kennedy. Because I thought, I don't, yeah. I don't see that. I think she's talking about Star Wars, <laughs> Jurassic Park, some of his other work. Maybe her friend <laughs> Phil Rippet. She was confused. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so this is uh, making its way around the festival circuit right now. You can catch it at the Locarno <laughs> Film Festival in Switzerland through August 14th. Oh. It is also that at the sounds about right. <laughs> festival Fantasia. Uh, it's the North American premiere in Montreal, Quebec, uh, August 5th through the 25th. And over in the UK premiere over in Edinburgh, Scotland, August 18th through the 25th. So that's where you can catch uh, Phil Tippett's Mad God and... And then I believe uh, it may show up on streaming services after that. Will it be on Disney Plus? <laughs> I would love to see this on, on Disney Plus. Mommy, why is my heart hurting? I can't even. <laughs> Which channel is most appropriate? It's not Pixar, OBS, but no. Nat Geo, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> it's, it's the horrors just, under your bed. It, yes, that's exactly <laughs> where that one belongs. <laughs> All right. Uh, Andy, uh, you want to talk about high fashion? I, you know, Ridley Scott always is a director who appeals to me, even if his movies uh, sometimes end up being movies that I really don't like. I find sometimes his choices to be pretty curious. And this weirdly, uh, I'm talking about House of Gucci, his new his new trailer that's going to be coming out. Um, it weirdly reminded me of All the Money in the World, which came out mm. a few years ago. Uh, but it's it's basically the story about the Gucci family, and it's following uh, Patrizia Reggiani, who uh, was tried and convicted uh, for orchestrating the assassination of her ex-husband and former head of the Gucci fashion house, Maurizio Gucci, and those two are Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. There's also Jared Leto in a lot of oh, yeah. uh, heavy makeup and prosthetics, Jeremy Irons, Salma Hayek, Al Pacino. Just, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting film. About this like high fashion world, it's based on a book, um, all about this uh, this kind of story because it's such a big thing. It takes place in the mid '90s, and you know, I I think that from what I'm seeing in the trailer, there's definitely something that uh, that Scott is capturing in kind of the style and the grandeur of all of this, and also the real sleaziness of all of it too. And so, I'm really curious to see how it all comes to play. I guess the the actual Gucci family is really disappointed with the way that the movie came out. So that's uh, that could be an interesting thing that kind of comes out of this whole thing. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious about this one. It kind of snuck up on me. I wasn't even sure. I wasn't even aware that he was making something. And then all of a sudden, I saw this huge string of movie posters of all the different faces and now this trailer. So I, I'm very curious about it. It was a name that sounded so sweet, so seductive. Synonymous with words, style, power. But that name was a curse too. I've been a Gucci all my life. Your name is in the history books. Power. You are Gucci, you need to dress the part. It's chic. Bravo. I 
I don't consider myself to be a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Well, I, first off, Ridley Scott, I'm usually on board. I'm in the same boat, but you're talking about you didn't know he was working on this. His other trailer just dropped also, The Last Duel. So he's got that coming out as well. I don't know when he's been working on all these movies, but they're, they're these huge epics. And this is a story I'm really interested in. And I, I this is when I wish it was more than a movie. This is when I, I feel like there's a lot of complexity in here and I want time to get into that. And I know if, with any biopic, the family's going to always have issues because decisions have to be made for the drama of the story to be entertaining versus historically accurate. Things are going to be changed, shifted, but it looks like a great cast. It's uh, I'm always interested in learning about something new, a uh, piece of history that I just didn't pay a lot of attention to. Uh, so I'm, I'm on board with this. I, I had seen some comments that, you know, what's going on with this trailer. I think there were some people saying, does this, this does the, the tone of this looks weird. Is this, you know, what, what's going on with this? But I, I'm all on board for this. I, I think it's going to be a entertaining and informative uh, look at something that I don't know a lot about. Just to real quick clarify, Last Duel was, I think, the last movie that Scott filmed before everything shut down oh, for the pandemic. Okay. And this, he just filmed at the start oh, of this year. So, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they they just you know with right. with all Things of the delayed. COVID and everything, okay. they just happen to be all coming okay. out at the same time. Well, right. and and I have a quick clarification: Jared Leto is not wearing any makeup in this movie. <laughs> that was a surprise to me too. Turns out, uh, this it looks fantastic. It's a hell of a cast. Yes. Uh, this movie, this looks like it's going to be just a, a power hitter cast, and we've we've had movies with great casts that that yes. you know don't really know what to do with themselves. But Ridley Scott, I'm I'm kind of on board. There's no alien seed ship, so that's good news <laughs> that we've that... seen in the trailer. <laughs> oh, clarification: Jared Leto is the alien seed ship. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Now, uh, so when do we get to, is it yeah. theaters only? Is it, and is yeah. it coming like soon, soon, or is it 2022 it's, sometime? You know, it's November 24th, 2021. So at this point, it's supposedly in theaters. Uh, I think the UK is the 26th. Mm. Um, so it's going to be that uh, Thanksgiving release here in the US. Um, it, it, it supposedly, shortly after its theatrical release, it will be streaming on, uh, <laughs> it will be streaming on Paramount oh, Plus. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll definitely catch it then. I'll, and Steve, I'll birthday movies. <laughs> there we go. Huh? We can watch that in right. between South Park movies six and seven. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. My turn. Uh, this was selected for me. I had another trailer, and then Steve selected this trailer for me and didn't even tell me and just put it in the show notes. And I said, okay, you're absolutely right. I'm going to do this movie because this movie is Kate. Jesus, Kate, what happened to you? I missed. I think I was poisoned before the hit. V, who was the target? The grand honcho of the Yakuza. How much time do I have? 14 hours, maybe 15. Kate, it's gonna be okay. You won't get any more questions from me after today. Who are you? I'm Kate. Ah! 
who poisoned me. I only followed us. Who's orders? How do I get to him? Doesn't surface ever. Somebody knows. I need to find the people that did this to me. I won't make it an hour without you. I can help you get them. Kate, as you can hear from the trailer, kicks some ass. Kate is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and she has deserved a movie like this from the producers of Atomic Blonde. I've talked about Atomic Blonde before. I'm a big fan, and I just watched Gunpowder Milkshake. Clearly, I'm super in to women kicking ass, and this looks fantastic. Don't even care what they say. It's just killing things, and I think it's great. Uh, it's written by Umer Alim and directed by Cedric Nicholas Troyan. Don't know any of them. Don't care. Trailer looks that good. Uh, the cast is really fantastic. Mary Elizabeth Winstead obviously is the titular Kate. Uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson's in it. Um, and along with, uh, you know, uh, some other people that I don't know. This is pretty much a new cast to me, I think. Not super obvious, but Tadanobu Asano, uh, he's played um, one of the... Uh, uh, the Warriors 3 in the Thor movies. He plays Hogan. Well, you would be the guy okay, to pull that the, out, yes. wouldn't you? I, I would, I would mm-hmm. know that. So there well, you go. That's, uh, there you go. There's the Thor connection. I am very excited and about this movie. Interestingly, interestingly, he also is in Silence, directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh. Look, there's a Marvel <gasps> Scorsese crossover right there. <laughs> they are cinema. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we solved that. This oh. this uh, movie looks like an enormously fun uh, popcorn movie, and uh, I am uh, just glad that I live in a universe in which these kinds of movies are now being made with some frequency, because I love them. I want to find out at the end of this trailer that her last name is Wick, because it really <laughs> kind of felt like it was going in that direction. Uh, I, you know, it, it looked fun. It looked like a fun story. I, I, I can't say for sure I'm completely sold on it. Um, but, you know, because, you know, remember, Pete, we did the Underworld franchise. We yeah. watched all of those. There was one of those Underworld films that was directed by uh, the visual effects artist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it had a lot of visual effects in it. The story was <laughs> were, a little lacking. They were a real treat. <laughs> and that was a little bit of the struggle. Cedric Nicholas Troyan, the director of this, was largely a visual effects uh, person working with um, uh, Gore Verbinski and a lot of those things. And then uh, on Snow White and the Huntsman was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects and then directed the sequel, The, Huntsman's, uh, the Huntsman, yeah. The Winter's War, first film. This is the second five years later. Makes me a little nervous, but I'm not counting it out because it does look fun. And you know what? Just because of the crazy neon purple car that she's driving around, (laughs) that almost makes me want to watch it just for that one thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is true. Steve? You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> no, I saw this and I said, this is, this is Pete's movie. This, this yeah. is, this is Pete. I said, he's, he, if he's not picking this trailer, he needs to pick this trailer, whether he knows it or not, because I saw this and I knew <laughs> this has everything that you love. Cause I knew atomic blonde. I knew gunpowder milkshake. And I thought this is right in that. 
that sweet spot for all of those things. And we didn't even talk about, we've got this nice ticking clock mechanism of she's been poisoned. So clearly we only have a certain amount of time. So everything's going to be condensed. So I don't have to worry about any, you know, slow moments in this movie. It's just going to be action from beginning to end. And whether she lives or dies at the end, I don't care. Cause it's just going to be a thrill ride of ass kicking and gunplay and all of that all throughout. And that's, that's all we need. Well, and yeah, and and there are some shots in this trailer that are that showcase like some extraordinary camera work demonstrating violence, and it's yeah. the same thing like that that one earned gunpowder milkshake in the diner at the end just oh, yeah. is so fun. There is an incredible one in uh, uh, Suicide Squad. We get some of the best Harley Quinn we've ever seen of Harley Quinn in action, and so like I'm just I'm thrilled at putting these things on screen. I'm I think they're fantastic. Absolutely. Now you asked. Steve, when you could see it, you could yeah. see it in early September around the world, around the 10th, 11th, 12th-ish, depending on your country. Uh, and so it's coming pretty soon. Now, isn't this... is now this is Because I thought in the trailer, doesn't it say Netflix and in theaters? Because this is what I would want to see on the big screen. Yeah, I'd be fine with with seeing it, you know, at home on Netflix or whatever, but I thought I saw it in Netflix. No, it's... Yeah, that's the 10th. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be... If it's in theaters, it's probably... I don't know, limited, but oh, okay. um, U.S. is the 10th of September internet. Oh, okay. Do you guys want to play a game? Ooh, Wait, you didn't games. say it right. Come on, we're in, you're in the 80s. It's, would you like to play a game? Would you like to play a game? Oh, listen Game! The game we are playing this evening, gentlemen, unprecedented, is a listener submission. Ooh. New for season I five. Like we have begun to receive listener submissions. And I I hasten to say it might be because they think our games are bad. <laughs> <laughs> not. So, so that's not great. But uh, this comes courtesy of the fine Adam Underwood. Adam, my great thanks for you uh, submitting this game and so many audio files. I don't, you have done the yeoman's work to prepare this game. It is a game about movie studio intro music, film production logo history through time. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. And here is what I'm going to ask of you. I am going to play, uh, I'm going to play a, uh, a movie logo theme and you will have the opportunity to tell me, and I'm even going to give you, you, I, you could tell me the era and I'll accept by decade. What? So studio, Holy cow. studio that it represents, decade that is uh, that is uh, represent that it was representing that particular studio, and for I mean <laughs> bananas bonus points, the composer <laughs> oh, that composed it. Now, why is that? Uh, why is that not as ridiculous as you think it is? Because these composers are big names. Like these are not yeah. like randos. These are are big name composers. And if you know anything about the alphabet and movie composers, <laughs> you know many of them already. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know I had so, just listened to. Uh... Uh, what was it? Twenty thousand Hertz episode. They were talking about the twentieth twentieth century Fox fanfare and did the whole history of that. You're, it was fascinating. Yeah, and I don't remember any of the names, and I don't this. remember any of the decades. Oh my! All <laughs> so, right. how are we doing this? Are we on a team? Is it, or are you going to ask one and then the other, or mm. what? 
It's going to do just a race, but I think we should probably go back and forth. You know oh, what I'm going to need? Okay, I'm going to keep score on my kids' orthodontics notification. Here we go. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Andy. As you should. Steve. Steve, please pick a number between 1 and 20. Five. The number is 11. Andy goes first. Andy. I give this okay. to you as a wee test and also round one. You might think it's not playing, but it's not playing. Oh, that really bops. What do you think? Carol Co. <gasps> in the 80s. I don't know the composer. Wow, that's two points so far. <laughs> that is uncanny. I had no idea we would start off with points. Oh, you... I loved the Carol Co. logo and theme, Wow, so. okay. And you don't know the composer, which means it goes to I Steve. I don't know the composer. Oh, he doesn't know the composer. Do you know the, the composer, Steve? Wait, no. I, should, I, should, I should just guess, though, right? <laughs> Let me say it. Yeah, you should. I mean, I mean it do serves I, do you I, to guess. Do I lose points if no, I guess? No, I'm not going to take points. All right, I'll, I'm just going to say, uh, I'm going to say Jerry Goldsmith. It's Jerry Goldsmith! Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah! Yes! <laughs> I, I, so I awesome. don't even know. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. All right, this is Andy's game. I, I oh, am outmatched. This is, this is great. This game goes to Mr. Underwood from <laughs> London. Oh wow. My gosh. Oh right. my gosh. Yeah, I this, this one may not be this one may not be uh fair, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Steve, to you. Here we go. That will ring any that, bells to anybody. I want to. Are these all studios? This one was not. Is, is this like SDDS or DTS? You're on the right. It was You're on the right track. It's not DTS. SDDS. It's not THX. DTS. It was a THX. It is THX. It was like this is a sound. This is from a sound company. It is THX. Can you give I want to see it's John Williams. Can you give? It is not John. Wait a minute. Where's my and thing? I, it's not John Williams. And I want to say this one was the... It feels like late 90s. I'm going to say late 90s. It is not the late 90s. Oh, wow. Steve, All right. would you like to jump in? We know now it is the THX, but there is the composer more to and, discover. <laughs> and, and the, the era. And era. <laughs> I will tell you this, to, if this it's, gives you any, any guidance. That this was, there is some trivia around this one. That in fact, this particular uh, logo or score uh, was recalled because of complaints from theater operators that it caused their speakers to blow. Oh, 
it got really basic yeah. at the at, toward the end there. Yeah. The original arrangement apparently is still lost to the public, so it can only imagine what kinds of gut-twisting horrors it contained. But various efforts have been made by Logo Cognoscenti to reconstruct it. Yeah, this has got to this wow. has got to be from the mid '80s. I think 1988. Oh, okay. Because I would oh. say then it was because this is THX, right? That's what we said. Because then they went. It is. Then yeah. they it's went the THX. With the whole, they call it the THX Cimarron. Right. Because then they yeah. went in with the whole little Mario guy and the cows and the just the single tone. Uh, no, first they first they went. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The, a, the single tone yeah. came first, and then all yeah. the characters right. came as a yeah. part of that. Yeah. And it I, was written. I don't know my composer by James Horner. Oh. Okay. Oh. Should have well, I should that, have yeah. said All right. name starts with J. Right. I feel like there are going to be a lot of 10 yeah. J's in here. Here we go. Number four. I don't know if you caught that, but I reenacted it. No, I wasn't paying attention. It's beautiful. Right. No, that's that's like a, a good old friend whose name I've forgotten. Because I Steve know that. Does, like, oh, Steve yeah, does not know. Me. No, I have no idea. I'm like, oh, yeah. I hear that all the time. Yes, you do. Yeah. You really, really do. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, is that... Um... It was a big year for movies, big era for movies, big era for the studio, certainly a big era for us of an age group watching movies. Uh, is that universal? I don't know. It is universal. Okay. Well I, done. Uh, Who so wrote the, it? The, uh, somebody with a J. Uh, was this in the... Because I remember when this logo changed. I can't remember which one it was. It starts with the earth and the letters wrap around slowly. And I remember the first time I saw that it was some Spike Lee movie because there was commentary on like, you and I, Spike, just start the damn movie. And I can't, and that must have been like early 90s with that one. It no? was precisely early 90s, Steve. It was 1990. Okay. Look at wow. you. It's the earliest of the 90s. <laughs> okay, but there we go. I, I don't. Um, I don't know. Did, is that a? Is there repetition between these composers? We're going to hear same same names over and over again. So, why well, yes, Steve? So you I, might have heard this one from the hit Cimarron. <laughs> Jeez, I'm not giving you a point for that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, now this is a little bit of a movement through time. Andy. Well, since you said that, I'm assuming this is the Universal logo that was celebrating 100 years that started... It might have started with the little airplane, and then it kind of showed all of them. But I don't know. The, the fact that you said that makes me think that that maybe that's what it is. Are you saying this is my fault that you just got that point? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure. just. I'm just I'm saying. Sure what you're I, saying. But I'm trying to remember when would that hundred years have been, and I would guess that it's going to be in the 
Gosh, when would they have started? In the 1910s, so I'm going to say in the 2010s. Well, you would be incorrect. It is universal, but the era is wrong. It is not the 100-year one. Oh. Ah, okay. Um, As far as composer, gosh, who did the universal? I'm going to say Jerry Goldsmith again. It is Jerry Goldsmith again. Like he's my yeah, go-to. He is yeah. your go-to. He he did the he did just the right work for you here today. Uh, it was from the year 1997, ah. not too far after the mm. last one. Goldsmith was reorchestrated by John Williams in 2002. Oh. Uh, the most recent arrangement of the theme was by Brian Tyler. The original mm. Universal 1937 fanfare was by Jimmy McHugh. Mm. All right, here we go. This is to you, Steve. Damn it. I know that one really well. And there's a little <laughs> splash of water. And I'm like, yes. So is this is this Walden? Pictures? Walden yeah. pictures? Yeah. No, but I see the vibe you're going for. Think it's more uh, fishing. <laughs> I know this whole thing. I just want to say all of it. I have it all. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Andy, because I got I, I am Andy horrible. For the steal. Go ahead. Is this is not my game? I yeah. This, this is this is DreamWorks from oh, okay. uh, John Williams, and I I believe 1997. Off by one year, sir. 1998. 98. Fantastic. Play. Say, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I, I'm going to do just a couple more because that was just so fast, and these are some of my uh, favorites. So uh, the next one I give you is a trip. Uh, backwards in time. That's TriStar from the 80s. Uh, One of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I always remember it because then it would lead right into Muppets Take Manhattan, which I saw those two together far too many times. Um, as far as the composer, that's a really tough thing to guess on this one. I did not know who this there. was, and I am so delighted that it is who it is. It's one of my very favorite musicians. Uh, Prince? <laughs> <laughs> well played. It is not Prince. It is one of my favorite musicians, Andy. Uh, and um, yes, uh, it is. It's great. Yes. Yeah, any guesses, Steve? No. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Your favorite favorite musicians. musicians. Yeah. That makes me think it's some. This like is the, from the um, 80s. The, and... Oh, what's the guy who did like Princess Bride? Uh, Knopfler? Mark Knopfler no. or something. That is an interesting. Yeah. That's a, There's an interesting parallel there. No, this would be. Uh, I. I I just love this artist as a jazz musician. Okay, uh, he's incredible on the piano. Uh, he's just a, a multi-talented uh, musical threat. His name is Dave Grusin. Oh, oh, oh! Of course, okay. yeah. He was totally yeah. of yes. the era for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how about here's another one that is another big favorite.
so much trivia goes along with this one. This one really is legitimately Steve. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm like, yep, I know that. Don't know what it is. Another one that totally surprised me. Yeah. No, like I said, this is not my game because I, I know yeah, all of these, okay. but I don't pay attention to them because I'm like, yep. All right. Seen that? Um, let's see. What could that be? It could be... Give me a clue, something, guys. I'm, I, I'm. Okay, here's yeah, a clue. Yeah. Here's a clue that's gonna that's gonna be possibly high and wide over the plate. But I'm gonna give it to you anyway. There can be only one. <laughs> okay, that's the Highlander. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that's great. Who, do you know who did this? Who do you no. know who did the score for Highlander? Queen. See, I see how you might go there. Uh, the score of Highlander was not by Queen. No, I know. Andy, do you have a steal? Well, I, I'm blanking on the who did the score. I want to say it was Michael Kamen, but you, I don't... you should probably stick to that. Okay. Okay, then I will. Yes, yeah, Michael it is Kamen. Michael Kamen, of course. Okay. Yes. And the music itself is actually just a slight rearrangement of a bit from Michael Kamen's score of the Highlander. Oh. Oh, really? It comes from the movie. That's interesting. Yes, it is okay. the beginning of the track, The Quickening, if you want to go find oh, it. Oh, okay. And uh, do you, can you give me a year or an era, decade? Well, it's going to be in the 80s then. I would it is assume. 1994. 94. And, and what's the company? Because I'm totally blanking Oh, we didn't it. even do the company. No. Because I, I mean, no, if, if, like, if all it, you wanna... had was an old curve, you might want a... New line, new line, oh, new line. Oh, yeah, okay. you didn't see what I was going. There it was a geometry yeah. joke. Okay, no. all right. Uh, let's do because the logo okay. has nothing to do with a line because it's a frame of it's okay. A, listen, yeah, the last right. one I'm going to give you. This yeah. is the last one I promise, and then we're moving. I'm going to end all the suffering. The last one I'm going to do and then, uh, because this okay, one is so a jump is this ball. This both of us absolutely sure. okay. It's jump a ball. jump right. ball. If you don't get this, you are kicked off of the podcast immediately. Here we go. I'm kidding. <laughs> see you won't you guys be. Later. I'm kidding. Here you go. Somebody, somebody gets that. Well, I mean, the music is from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It it was used into the score uh, for that particular trailer. And I, but I'm God, I'm blanking on the name of the company. It's um. What is the name of it? Because it was we talked about this in when we did Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. We sure did. And it's um gosh, what was the name of the company? I am I mean totally drawing a blank. If you want to catch some crawdads, you might go down to the Bayou Bayou Morgan Creek. Oh <laughs> Morgan <laughs> Creek. <laughs> Sure. I don't think anybody goes to Morgan Creek. Morgan Creek for Crawdads. This is another one just like the Highlander. This was Michael Kamen, and it was adapted from his score to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, that was used by Morgan Creek. There you go. I got more in the barrel, thanks to old uh, Adam Underwood here from uh, from London. Adam, thank you so much uh, for helping me make life hard on Andy and Steve. But mostly Steve. Thank it you. was fantastic. No, it's again. This is super it's, fun. It is fun. It's just I cannot connect 
those two pieces. But no, these are all very recognizable. People that watch movies should be getting yeah. these, but I just don't. I cannot connect that information. I, to my brain. I would have done terribly on this game. Terribly on this game. I'm telling you, terribly, and that's what makes it so perfect. You know, it make it even harder <laughs> to play them all backward. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to the list. Time for the list. Oh, I should stop sharing. All right, time for the list. There we go. Andy, take it away because I have to get all my windows back open again. All right, so uh, we are, uh, season 11 has kicked off. We are starting it off with our 80s comedies with Coolidge and Heckerling. And the very first film of season 11 is Pastimes at Ridgemont High. So there it is. Look at those beautiful stickers. That's right. We have some stickers in our merch. (laughs) Coolidge, Heckerling and Associates, comedy in film. Uh, So we uh, put the poll up. And the people have spoken. We are going to be putting lists together for um, teachers that are just the worst. Teachers that are just the worst. Was this an easy list? Or was it, by being easy, was it too easy? Depends on what you mean by teacher? No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Or worst. The worst? Yes, exactly. (laughs) You can't pick tree of life. What? There's no teachers in there. What are you talking about? If anybody could manufacture is, a is way it, to make that a teaching movie. I feel movie. like the dinosaurs are teaching <laughs> something. Fathers teach them how to play the piano. I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, see, there's all sorts of teachers. All right. All right. And all right, uh, because Steve. Uh, Steve got the first pick, Steve is the first pick. Oh, where do I start with this? Because I've got... Okay. I'll go with this this one. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's going to be steals or not. But I think I will... Launch off with um, one that I'm going to connect back to Trailer Rewind. Uh, a few earlier in the season, we talked about a film called Loose. And in that film, Octavia uh, Spencer plays a teacher named Harriet Wilson, who is just the worst because she is singling out our main character and making life really, really difficult for him. It gets into all these issues of uh, racism and uh, advantage and working to, to rise above your conditions and all that. And she is the worst because she looks at kids that have made bad choices in their life is going to do everything that they she can to make them miserable and since she sees promising she goes out of her way to try to help them succeed but it always it, it she is just the worst because of her personal bias it's if you haven't seen this film it's an amazing film and it's one that I'm using this as an opportunity to point to my own show on Trailer Rewind and go see this film and see Octavia Spencer as one of the worst high school teachers I have seen in a long time in a very, I would say, realistic and non-cartoonish way. Because I think sometimes when we get to the worst, we can exaggerate. And this is something I could see very likely to happen. So there we, we went in very different directions. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I just want to say, uh, you know, as far as that episode goes, I have listened up through your talk about it, and then I've stopped because now I'm waiting to watch it because I'm like, I don't want to spoil okay. the rest. So I'm I'm very excited to watch it so I can hear the rest of your episode. All right. Uh, which takes us to Andy. All right. So for my first one, um, it's funny. This this has actually been brought up um, tonight in conversation. Uh, it is actually Pink Floyd's The Wall, because as you may know, uh, our young Pink, when he is uh, young, he is caught reading or writing poems in class. And then the teacher humiliates him 
um, by reading a poem out of his book. And uh, I mean, there's all sorts of other stuff that goes on and his imagination goes crazy with kind of this this imagining of the school system and the kids kind of getting cranked out through a meat grinder and stuff. And, uh, but, uh, and I believe it ends with them kind of, uh, you know, rebelling and throwing the teacher into a bonfire. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could say this is a representation of teachers as the worst. And so uh, that's where I'm going first. Pink Floyd's The Wall, Rod, uh, Alan Parker's film from 1982. I can't believe we just brought it up and that didn't connect to me that that would be a great pick for yeah. this list. That is a, that's a, a great pick. Um, mine is, uh, it, it is a movie from uh, 1998. Uh, screenwriter was Kevin Williamson. And this was back oh, when Kevin Williamson yes. was just, I felt like he was just nailing the kind of language I wanted to hear <laughs> my teen entertainers uh, actually speak. Yeah. And uh, it was directed by the, unbelievably clever uh, filmmaker, Robert Robert Rodriguez, it is The Faculty. And the teacher that I'm singling out is, of course, Jon Stewart, because he's the stupidest one. Uh, and But also, it's all the faculty, because they're all taken over by parasitic alien creatures, and they're <laughs> trying to eat everybody, except for, like, the five most beautiful children at the school. And so it really is just the perfect, most absurd movie uh, that you could find. It was, I have it, I own it in my collection because it was one of the very first movies that I was able to buy in the iTunes store and I watched it I think on an airplane on my my video iPod back when it had this we click wheel and it was a very very small screen that was not the best experience to watch this movie but still ridiculous worth seeing yes. it sails over the 6 star rule at 6.5 on IMDb <laughs> <laughs> the faculty <laughs> Steve, back uh, I remember really, I remember really enjoying that film at the time. But it's one of those films that's also kind of yeah. like completely left my head. Do you know why I've been thinking about <laughs> it's it? It's weird because it, Jordana Brewster is in it, and we're doing the Fast and the Furious series. So I'm oh, doing that with my yeah. son, and Jordana it brings Brewster it all back to me. Holy yeah. Cow. Oh yeah, she's very sassy. So sassy. I do not remember that. At Everybody all. is in this. Remember when we were all asking what yeah. like how many yeah. bazillion dollars Josh Hartnett was going to make as a heartthrob, and then he just yeah. disappeared. Uh, right. So this has, I mean, it has everybody in it. Famke Jansen and Salma Hayek and oh Jordana Brewster. Yes. And, yeah, Piper Laurie is in it. Uh, B.B. Newworth. Robert Patrick is yes. in it. Uh, yeah, football. remember, he, he's yeah. the Jim coach. Yeah, exactly. the T. Jim Thousand. Uh, Elijah Wood. <laughs> Elijah Wood. What? Elijah Wood. Well, oh, yes. Because yeah. he's, yeah. the, he's the lead. He's the lead. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Right. That's right. It's the nerdy yeah. lead. It's yeah, just crazy. Oh, Danny Masterson is in it. He had some, he's had some rough issues since. Yeah. I'm, uh, good luck in court. <laughs> uh, okay. Steve, back to you. <laughs> okay. So when I think about teachers that are just the, the, the worst, um, what does that mean? Is this about their behavior? Is it about whether they're not really good teachers? You can go different ways in the spectrum. And this one stood out for me. And I think it's somewhat of a controversial pick, you may say, because uh, not the most inspirational 
teacher can really, you know, destroy someone's uh, sense of self-esteem. I mean, someone that's going to say there are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job uh, oh, is not necessarily somebody that's going to be an inspirational, motivational teacher. But somebody that can still get the best performance out of somebody, I don't know, but I'd still say... I wouldn't want to be in his classroom because I wouldn't want to be him asking me, am I rushing or am I dragging? Am I rushing? Am I dragging? Mm. So I, of course, am talking about Terrence Fletcher in Whiplash. My, that's a steal. I was, I was going to try and gun that for my number one pick. Ah, but okay. You got me. He's such a, uh, a just a devil of a person yeah. that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the sort of like, I mean, you watch it. It's like, you know, any teacher who, throws stuff yeah. <laughs> their student probably isn't going to stay in the job right. very long but in context of the movie it works really really well so cool that's that's uh, a good pick i i thought about putting yeah. that one on but that was one of those ones that i knew this is instantly going to be um like if you don't get it out yeah. right away yep. it's going to be stolen because yeah all right for my second one I am going to go to a film that, unfortunately, I don't remember as well as I should. So it's going to be difficult for me to to talk about. But I do remember that there's, um, I and I can't say if it's the teacher or the headmistress, but it is Peter Weir's uh, 1975 film, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Oh, and okay. that is a film that is, it's it's kind of like this very dreamlike, mysterious sort mm-hmm. of film. And this it's one of those films that kind of had its own mythology at least in my circles in high school, because it was one of those films where people were like, it's aliens. It's like the story about these aliens that took these, the, this girl from the rock or whatever. And I totally thought that that's what it was when I finally got around to watching it because it, you know, there, it wasn't available. Like you just couldn't go find this. And it was like this mysterious film about these girls and it was true story and all this sort of stuff. And I thought it was so interesting. And then I watched it. And I'm like, well, it's totally not that, but it is this really interesting story that is dealing with, a lot of uh, a lot of things about kind of I I don't know I, it's it feels like it's dealing with sexuality and uh, and just kind of just the ideas of love and then potential suicide and what's going on but there's uh, and again I can't remember if it's like a headmistress or one of the teachers who like uh, is just very rigid and strict and i feel like it was it the the period of the film takes place at this time where you know your your parent hasn't paid the tuition you've got to leave and it's like that sort of thing even when people are dealing with these emotional issues of all of this stuff and so that was uh my next pick uh for this particular person who has no sympathy toward the students just because they you know they may not have been able to pay the money in the time when all these students are going through this emotional crisis i haven't seen it hanging rock it's, it's a, a trip of a film. Is. It has this very ethereal, dreamlike quality to it. Yes. Yeah. It, it's it's worth checking out. Yeah. No, that's that's a good pick. Yeah. My second pick. I'm so glad I got to this. Do you guys remember that movie where Judy Dench was a psychotic lesbian? Yes. Yes. Is that on your list? I what? No, but I thought about oh, it. So... I totally because I'm like, oh, this is a perfect film. It is a perfect but, film. Uh... Not only is it a perfect film, it is a film I have zero hesitation recommending. It is twisty and super <laughs> mean spirited, and teachers are sleeping with students and keeping all kinds of secrets from their husbands, and their husbands are Bill Nye. What? Kate Blanchett? 
is married to Bill Nye in this movie. Kate Blanchett plays a young teacher at this school, and uh, she develops a, a bit of a, a relationship with uh, Judy Dench, and there's twistiness okay. because she also yeah. develops a relationship with a student, and it goes crazy, and Judy Dench is perfect. The movie is Notes on a Scandal from 2006, and I am doubly, nay, triply excited to bring it up because uh, the rest of the cast, besides uh, 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 Bill Nye, Juno Temple is in this movie oh. as the young Polly Hart, and she is, of course, Keely in Ted Lasso, yes. and she's fantastic, and I just love any opportunity. I think she's just so adorable and wonderful, and so it's great to see her very, very young in this movie. So, uh, notes on a scandal, totally worth seeing. They're all teachers, so it's they're so bad. Don't do what they do. Do what they say. <laughs> okay. It is a twisty movie, and... Um, and the, I, I think Philip Glass does the score for that. And it's just one of those ones where it's just a really, I don't know. I found it to be really, I mean, I didn't love it, but it was an entertaining film. Oh, it's such, it's say. so melodramatic. Like, I just remember yes, feeling exactly. like this is, this yeah. is a juicy soap opera. And you don't get a lot of that Total from Dame opera, yeah. Judi Dench. Like, it's right. just, it's a, it's a fun roller coaster. I mean, really sails over the six stars at 7.4. <laughs> what? There you go. Awesome. Back to you, Steve. So imagine you're in college, you're working on this project, and you've got this professor who's not necessarily really nice, but as as things go along, you learn that your professor is actually um, not only embezzling some of the funding for your project, but it's actually being stolen from you and sold to the Department of Defense to assassinate people. That has got to be one of the worst people in the world, right? Professor are you, Jer- are you hijacking our, a pick for us? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I'm are you film jacking? For, I'm Professor Jerry Hathaway, who I love this line <laughs> in the movie. What are you looking at? You're laborers. You should be laboring. That's what you get for not having an education. In real genius. So wrong. <laughs> uh, oh. It's like Val Val Kilmer full circle. Oh my gosh. Full circle. He's the worst. Professor Hathaway. He, he gets <laughs> yeah. what is due to him, but he is such the worst. Okay. All right, Andy. So for my final pick, I, I'm I I would have really been shocked if someone stole this um, because I I can't imagine it was on either of your radars. It's a film I love. My wife and I watched it. Let me paint a picture for you. Imagine you're watching a film that has a character like Max from Rushmore who has dreams of putting on shows that are inspired by popular Hollywood films. However, instead of the the incredibly talented and smart Max, this is a recovering alcoholic, failed actor whose last resort was to become, become a high school drama teacher in Tucson, Arizona, where, as he said, dreams go to die. <laughs> This yes, this is the film that features the fantastic song "Rock Me, Sexy Jesus." It is Hamlet Two, because the teacher in this film, uh, Dana, played by Steve Coogan, who is brilliant, uh, and and you know I'm going out on a limb here, calling him the worst, but I'm saying he really is kind of a terrible teacher who figures out what to do by the end, and he ends up putting on a really fun show, Hamlet Two, because he decides he's going to write this sequel that includes time travel to save all the characters from dying, and then of course Jesus Christ is involved, and he's going to play Jesus, and Elizabeth Shue is in it playing Elizabeth Shue as a nurse who decided to quit acting and started being a nurse in Tucson. It is such a 
just a wacky, fun film that uh, I saw when it came out in theaters. And I feel like it completely disappeared. But Andrew Fleming directed it. I think that he has done some uh, some interesting films, like I think Dick was a fantastic film. and uh, But I, I don't hear anybody talking about this one. Um, so I had to put it on my list. It is Hamlet 2. That's a great pick. I did yeah. not think about it, not even for a moment, but now I regret every bit well, of that. Well, that's because te- he's not like a Mr. Hand, right. like, you know, bad teacher. Yeah. But I think he's, in the context of teachers who are just the worst, he's kind of a bad yeah. teacher. Yeah. He really doesn't know what he's True. doing. Yes. He does figure it out, but... <laughs> oh, my, oh my gosh. Such a funny movie. And uh, just I need to go watch it now just to see the Rock Me Sexy <laughs> Jesus bit again. I, uh, I had a lot of uh, choices, I feel like, from the last one, but I, I got so excited when... <laughs> I found this one. It's just, it's just candy in terms of violence at a school. Uh, it it happens to be um, apparently kind of a normal thing in Miami when uh, a gang goes after your fiance and you happen to have a certain set of skills and your name is Tom Berenger. You're going to go undercover as a substitute <laughs> teacher. And your mercenary team is going to help you set up an assault against the bad kids <laughs> in 1996's The Substitute. This barely skates over the six stars at six stars. So I'm not saying you should rush out and see it, but we've seen a number of Tom Berenger movies over the last year and last season. And I I just got pretty excited at the prospect of revisiting this one. Uh, it, it's I recommend it. Find the mood first is all I'm saying. Find the mood first. <laughs> do, do you do you recommend they also follow up with the substitute two schools out and the substitute failure is not an option? Oh wait, I'm sorry. I, 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 I haven't the substitute three winner takes all. I I can't uh, recommend that because I've never seen them, Steve. Okay. But now you've pushed me over the edge. They're all going on the watch list again. The whole substitute uh, cinematic universe. Well, it's interesting because it's Tom Berenger in the first first one, and then is he in the second one? No. Then I think it switches over to Treat Williams takes over the franchise. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yes, actually, exactly that sounds about right. Yes. He is he is I think the perfect stand-in for Tom Berenger. <laughs> Uh, but William Forsyth and Raymond Cruz and Luis Guzman and uh, oh, Richard Brooks and uh, yeah, this is a cast in this. Uh, Mark Anthony is is in this as a, a young man. This is uh, it, it's quite a quite a. Oh, I forgot Ernie Hudson. If you're if you're <laughs> filling out your Ernie Hudson catalog, love him. you aren't gonna miss the substitute. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> this is a good list. I would see yeah. all of these movies. Solid list. Did any of you have backups? Uh, I do. I, I had, uh, let's see, Patches O'Houlihan, but he wasn't really a teacher. I just like, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. I wanted to get that in somehow. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, I, I, my list started with Dolores Umbridge because that, fe- yes. that, yep. that feather pen thing is rough. In oh, terms yeah. of of uh, torturing children. So, uh, you know, didn't get to Order the Phoenix, but. Uh, those are my two, besides the steel of Whiplash. Yeah. What about yeah, you, Steve? I had uh, Dolores Umbridge, and then I was going to go with good old Dick Vernon, but he's not a teacher. He's a, whatever, principal, assistant principal from the Breakfast yeah. Club. Oh, yeah. sure, sure, sure. I had um, I had Kitty Farmer from Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
I thought she would have been a good one. And uh, Takeshi Katano in Battle Royale. I thought that <laughs> we probably could have been totally. fine putting him on the list. Oh, yeah. yeah. Terrible teacher. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, there you go. Lots of, lots of good stuff. That is a fantastic set of picks. And that brings us to next week's options. What are we doing? Well, we have the poll up already for next week's options. Um, we have uh, the poll. How are we doing this now? I guess we're going to talk about it because what I've put yeah. down. You know, so that's what we need to so, talk about. We have changed the mechanic over our slumber in July. And so what we've decided to do now is uh, because we, we've run into a number of times where the hosts who are on a particular show haven't seen the movie. And it's always a bit of a comic struggle to hear them come up with the titles that don't always relate. And we thought that was unfair. And so instead, we're just going to let the community decide. And so we put up a whole bunch of choices in our Discord community's poll, and you can vote on them if, you are, uh, uh, if you're a member over there in the Show Talk channel. And we're doing that now two weeks before each segment. So it's just kind of a constant rolling list picking is what's going on over there. And so there's yeah. always a poll to vote on. If the poll you're looking at is closed, scroll down a little bit, you'll find one that's open and go ahead and pick it. And so this week, because we're doing Valley Girl, the choices were uh, Romeo and Juliet-esque stories, hanging at the mall, parents with weird jobs, movies that were subsequently turned into musicals, which should have won, uh, actors' Came breakout close. roles, <laughs> and bands performing as themselves, and daughter-mother romantic rivalries. Do you say daughter-mother? Isn't it mother-daughter? Uh, that's how they wrote. That's how, Isn't that that's... one of the hidden... Hidden rules of, of English that you always know that mother comes first. Hmm. All right. Anyway, but hanging at the mall one. So next week, the, the crew is going to have to come up with movies involving hanging around at malls. Indeed. And that, as they say, is the end of this fine Saturday matinee. Uh, just a reminder, if you haven't already seen on the live stream, my fancy new original logo shirt or the pillow. You could also get mugs and other things, journals. If you're a journaler, you could get a journal with the next Real Original logo on it. Uh, stickers. We have stickers. Uh, and so that's all available at truestory.fm slash merch. Uh, you could also, uh, we've got this Letterboxed HQ now. We're apparently Letterboxed high quality. Uh, hubris quotient. Uh, uh, lots of things. Uh, but that's what we are now. And so uh, we've got lots of stories and things going up on Letterboxd all the time. Do we, how do you define what Letterboxd HQ is now, Andy? What, what, do we, what does it even mean? What does it mean? It's, it's like we're now in a different realm in uh, Isidril, right? <laughs> That's kind of that's kind of where we're living now. We took we, we took, took the rainbow bridge. We took bridge. the rainbow bridge. Wait, the we rainbow got in the, bridge. We got in the elven boat and, and rode off with Bilbo. And went across the rainbow bridge yeah. to, and went across Asgard the rainbow to, to as to as Asengard, Asengard. actually. Isengard. Uh, it's like Eisen it's like Valhalla for Letterbox. Yeah, that's is what really it is. Where it is right? uh, and so uh, you make sure you follow us over there. It's good fun, and yeah. there are lots of lists over there. We've got lists yes. for all the series we're doing. We've got the trailer rewind list. We've got all, all the lists are over there, uh, and uh, so join us over there and see the stories and follow the antics there's so many antics we get a discount get a discount on your own membership uh, you can do that that's too. right code uh, is save 20 percent. just head over to uh now i don't even know what it is what it did is i set true, it up as true story true story.fm <laughs> dot com slash letterboxed 
Yeah, slash letterboxed. Yeah, that'd be that. That'd be it. True Story FM slash Letterboxd. I'm sure that link works. Yeah. Give that a shot, and then you get twenty percent <laughs> off, uh, and it works on renewals as well. And uh, thank you, everybody who has already decided to become a member, a supporting member at True Story FM slash TNR membership. It greatly helps us continue do doing what we're doing and growing this show. So we, if I hope we're doing something that is entertaining to you while you're likely doing dishes. It's Saturday matinee after all. You're probably doing some sort of dish work. Or yard work. Uh, or yard work. You could be vacuuming your rocks. Mm. And uh, if you are doing any one of those things, <laughs> we would appreciate you considering uh, jumping over there and becoming a supporting member uh, at, at, you know, probably the highest dollar level that you can afford. We love you. Thank you very much. That's it, gents. Thanks for matineeing with me. Andy Nelson, Steve Sermento. It was so fun. Always, always nice being back. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.